A lot of people might think that feng shui is about like moving furniture. 99% of the time, I don't care where your couch is or your table or your bed. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Karine Walsh, serial entrepreneur, growth strategist, executive leadership coach, and best-selling author. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you align what you love with what you do in order to build that badass life and business you dream of. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of your Badass Journey podcast. Today, I have a special guest for you who is a master in feng shui your life. Feng shui, feng shui. People say it different ways. You know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, you're going to learn a lot today about how to live in a happier home and leverage the skills, tools, and mastery that my guest Patricia Lohan has in helping you do it. Patricia is the creator of Feng Shui Mastery and author of The Happy Home, A Guide to Creating a Happy, Healthy, Wealthy Life. And since a lot of us have been home a lot lately, I thought I would bring her onto the show to help you make sure that you are doing whatever you can to stay clear and connected in what you need to have the best energy around you at home. It is part of truly living a healthy life and also making sure you're attracting the right relationships in, the right types of business in. She has helped thousands of people across the globe embrace feng shui, and create lasting changes in their homes. So without further ado, let's jump into today's conversation. She is coming in from Greece. So if you hear any kind of disconnected moments, just hang in there with us. <laughs> we had the best... We did the best we could recording this episode. And, um, and I know you're really going to enjoy learning from her. But then also at the end of the episode, the coaching moment we have, which I'll elaborate in a follow-up episode as well, so she shares some of her grief that she's going through lately in um, an occurrence that currently happened in Greece with her. So I know you're going to enjoy today's conversation and I will see you on the other side. Welcome everybody to another episode of your Badass Journey podcast. Today's guest is Patricia Lohan. Welcome, Patricia. Hi. It's so great to have you here today. I can't believe I have a feng shui master on today's show because I know how powerful that is for us to be conscious not only of our, ourselves from the inside out, making sure we are feeling alignment, but also that we have it in our space. But before we jump into yes. what you're all about today and your book and your programs and all the greatness you provide everybody... Can you tell us a little bit of your badass journey that got you to where you are today? Thank you so much. Um, my badass journey—I just love that you call it that. <laughs> I love the name podcast. Um, so I think I'm going to start with originally when you first um, asked me the, first, the question. I'm logged into Zoom and my name is coming up as Patricia Parashakti. So um, Parashakti is my spiritual name that I got when I was in India. 
So um, I originally got in, I got my first books about feng shui when I was 15, but um, and kind of like dived in and was like, oh, this is amazing. And I think like my 15 year old self al- always knew what my soul's purpose was, but I didn't personally. That's amazing. What did she tell you? What <laughs> and, did that 15 year old decide for you back then? <laughs> I know. Like, honestly, it was so weird. I have no idea how I found out about it. I have no idea, but I asked for books about it for Christmas. And my parents are like, Fung, what? <laughs> my friends. And I'm like trying to like set up my bedroom for feng shui. And they're like, we don't know what you're doing. Off with you. Do your own, you know. Um, and I'm actually from an entrepreneurial background. My parents were entrepreneurs. Uh, and I really did try to put myself into a box and like follow everybody else and be like, oh, it'd be nice to be in a nine to five, like have a normal job, be normal, not be an entrepreneur. So I went to university, I studied marketing and Patricia does not like being told what to do. My second grade teacher had me down to a T and um, working in corporate um, wasn't meant to be. It just didn't sit with me. I would be miserable after like two months in the job. I'd be like, I'm done. I need like need something new. Um, so I quit and came back to town where my dad had just got a new premises and was opening a new business. And I said, I'll help you to fulfill your dream. Seven years in, I basically was fulfilling his dream career, feeling in his kind of final dream um, and not my own. Um, What was the type of business? It was a bar, restaurant and off license and I ran it. So I was 20... Have some uh, Irish blood in you, do you? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know. Everyone has a pub somewhere in their lineage as an Irish person. (laughs) So I was, what was I, 23 and I had like 30 staff. It was nuts. Yeah, um, I'd never run a business before. It was so intense. And it was great. We we had a brilliant, amazing, I you know, talk about the steepest learning curve ever. Um, but by the time I was my my late twenties, um my mom went over to visit a, my sister in Australia and everyone, when she came back to Ireland, everyone was like, oh my God, you must be so sad. She's so far away. But my mom was like, no, she's so happy. You know, I just want my children happy. And I, I just remember her looking over and seeing me in the business and seeing me there standing there and going like, kind of a penny dropping for her going, Nicola's happy in Australia, but she's not happy here. And out of my mouth popped the most unexpected thing that ever (laughs) was, I'm going to go to India to become a yoga teacher. And (laughs) seriously, my mom was like, you're what? Everybody was like, what? Like, because just for my yoga experience, I used to go to one class a week on a Wednesday. Um, It wasn't a, you know, this is my full-time passion. I just was interested in it like once a week um, for a class. So I packed everything, decluttered everything and um, headed off to India. Um, and that's really where my journey began with my own um, badass journey career um, in holistic therapies and spiritual practices. Um, and I really had pretty much a spiritual awakening there where, it, you know, I think spiritual awakening feels like this big thing, but I just became so much more opened up to amazing modalities. And I trained in lots of different, different therapies, trained modalities and um, as a yoga teacher, Reiki master, bowls, all the stuff. Like I just kind of totally embraced it all. And um, after a year, I came back to Ireland and um, decided I would start doing sound healing and um, set up my yoga business. And that was the start of my personal business and doing what I was doing. 
Um, and you know, when the student's ready, the teacher appears, but I moved to a new city, set up my, starting my business. And I decided I'm going to feng shui this place for love. And, you know, I just remembered all the content and information from the books. I found the books, believe it or not, in my mom's house. I'd been back home, found the feng shui books. and was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to do this. So I feng shui my place for love. Um, and very soon after I met my husband, Amazing. and when I visited his house, he used feng shui. And I'm like, okay, there's something here. Um, and I really just, everything that I teach and practice and have learned is stuff from a personal interest point. So me talking to you about feng shui right now feels sometimes if it's real, it's like, I never even envisioned this. It's just something I took on from a personal passion point. But after meeting Ken, all my single friends were like, what did you do? How did you meet Ken? <laughs> <laughs> And um, I started telling them all these things. And then my clients started asking me more questions because I had a, a pretty successful holistic practice where I'd work with people like clearing trauma, anxiety, fear from their system and doing deep meditation, yoga, all of that stuff with them. And that was going great. Like I wasn't looking for anything new, uh, but it, was, it, it found me. And once I moved in with Ken, we decided to go deeper. We both trained as um, feng shui um, experts and um, we decided to do it for our house. And all of a sudden we had like so many crazy windfalls of money and amazing things just happening. So like synchronistically, it was like, we just thought about that and this happened. Like, and people saw it, like it was very visible. Like our lives kind of took this huge upgrade um, and instantly it was like I was going from cycling around Dublin on a small bicycle, not being able to afford a car or even the concept of a car. I remember having a conversation with my dad about it saying like, yeah, like a car would be amazing, but I don't know if I could afford like the tax and the insurance and all the expenses with it to like, so on that bicycle to like a few months later, driving around in this beautiful new car and everyone's like, what just happened to you, Patricia? And I'm like, I moved in with Ken and all these new clients. It's got busier. And they're all like, what? And I'm like, and I did the feng shui. Um, and that's it. Like it just started like this ripple effect of people asking me, um, how did you, how have, has everything started to shift for you? And we decided to go on our honeymoon to India. Um, and after being in India for a few months, we decided let's just not go home. So we headed off to Bali. My business was completely in person at the time. So everyone came to see me. It was completely bricks and mortar. I sold singing bowls. I went in person to people's houses for consultations. They came to me Everything was like face to face in person. So while online, I just thought I'm going to do something online. And that's how we transitioned into doing feng shui online. Um, and it really took off. Yeah. <laughs> and we've been living on, we've been pretty much traveling for the last five years in, you know, a few months in one place, mostly based in Bali, but between Bali, New York, and now most recently Greece. Yeah. So that's like a, Short, short, like snippet of short ish snippet of uh, my journey. No, I love it. And I think it's really great that you were focused on yourself, right? Like the first impotence of change for you when you're 20s was this occupation, what I thought I would want to do and I was testing out for myself is just not the best fit for me career wise. And you 
kind of uprooted yourself in an exploratory manner and really created a learning center for yourself by going to India and really tapping into who you are, what you want to be, what you want to put out into the world. But what's interesting is having the voice that came to you at 15 that whispered feng shui and you maybe perused those books and then went back to school, right? And and did all these things, came back to you as a potential um, business and way of helping others heal with all the other modalities that you've brought up. But let's, Mm -hmm. let's break it down a little bit for listeners who might not know what feng shui is and what the importance of it is. Can you just give us the basics, like the basic principles so that those listening who maybe have never heard of it before can conceptualize what we're talking about? Yes, for sure. So feng shui, um, for me, I like to describe it as acupuncture for your home. So, you know, if you're feeling a little bit off and the energy, you you know, you you want to bring flow and energy into your, your body, you want to get better, you want to be full vibrancy, acupuncture is this principle of flowing through your body. So acupuncture is for your home is what I um, call feng shui. A mm. lot of people might think that feng shui is about like moving furniture. 99% of the time, I don't care where your couch is or your table or your bed because <laughs> most houses are set up in certain ways where those pieces of furniture just have to go in a certain spot. So it's not about moving furniture. It's not about painting walls or knocking things down or hanging like weird stuff around your house. Um, For me, it's about creating an environment that is energetically supportive of what it is that you want to call into your life. So in ancient times, um, you know, they built houses to very intentionally, you know, everything was built with intention and they looked at the land form. They looked at all of these different principles. And now to make sure that it was for one thing, feng shui means um, when you translate it, it means for good health and good harvest. So good health, obviously we want houses that are going to support our health and well-being, but on the other side that are going to actually also support harvest. So it's an ancient practice. Harvest is our wealth and our abundance. So what we want is to create this environment, um, this very fertile environment to support us. So when we come to kind of from the, from the, the perspective of Chinese mysticism as well. And um, there's three layers. What they talk about is the three areas. And you know, one third of one third of our life, we are it's it's like our willpower, our action, our you know, thoughts, our mindset. And there's another part that's one third is um, to destiny. So it's like, what's our soul's path? You know, for me, connecting back to that soul part, that higher purpose. And then the other th- third is impacted by our physical environment. And what most people don't know is that our physical environment is either attracting what we want or repelling it. And, you know, for me, a lot of people find me when it comes to feng shui, when they're feeling stuck, when they're doing hard work, if they're working really hard, they're doing what it says to do. Like I'm, you know, I'm doing the, the courses, I'm getting the coaches, I'm spending the money, but I'm not getting the results in terms of financially. I'm not getting the results in calling in my love or money. Um, and it could, 
for me, I'm, I always like kind of the good news is it may not be you. <laughs> it could be your house that is blocking this mm-hmm. in. So it could, it can feel a little bit like kind of out there and a bit like woo woo. But for me, I would say, you know, feng shui is a 5,000 year old practice, number one. And companies, if you just want a little bit of like more affirmative, like who uses this, like companies like Disney, um, all the whole foods across the US have all been feng shui'd. Um, uh, Morgan Stanley, all big entrepreneurs, you know, all those celebrities you see, they have all are using feng shui. They're just not flashing the flag going like, I use feng shui because they want to make sure that their environment is optimized for profitability, for good health and harmony of their employees um, and to attract in like the the best that they possibly can. So it's um it's it's interesting that like these huge corporations and companies also use it. So for me, I'm like, I just want to help anybody who is it has a bigger vision for their life that wants to flourish. We may as well use everything that we can to support us. Yeah, I love that. And I and and I do believe because I get impacted like when I go into spaces that don't feel like they're feeding my soul or like I feel like there's immediate visual blockers in my way, you know, like, or, or I start to cringe because the, the essence of the room just feels rigid, um, for my energy. Like it definitely affects how I show up in that space. And if I think about our listeners right now, who a lot of them have been working remotely and they were like maybe forced into it. It wasn't a choice of theirs. And, and they set up their workspace in some corner of their house or they're working off their bed or if they're sitting, you know, in you know, some corner away from their children, right? Like where it's not optimizing the attraction that they need to actually feel fulfilled in their work life. What are the some of the tips maybe we could give them on assessing if their space uh, allows them to feel powerful, right, in everything they do, and and how can they yes. maybe do some quick shifts to make it better for themselves? Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, this is such a huge time. Like for the amount of time that we're actually spending in our homes right now. Like I just did a a class a couple of weeks ago, and people were like, "I'm 23 hours a day in my house right now." Yeah. And I'm like, "Wow, we need to make sure that this is so supportive as as supportive as possible." Um, and when it comes to, I love this about you're, you're talking about like people like getting a little bit of a desk in the corner of a room that like was never meant to be set up to be like the the work location. That for me, what I would say, number one, when it comes to that workspace that you do or you have made for yourself, there's a few things I'm going to talk about. Number one is get yourself a good chair. You know, get yourself a really good chair with a strong, solid back. Um, one um, part is around this sense of support and having that support for yourself. Um, and that's a really nice first step. Um, the next thing is just even the positioning of where you're sitting in terms of, are you in a place where you can't see the door where you're, you know, you know, we we have that whole flight or uh, we have that fight or flight response. So if we are sitting with our back to the door, we can't see what's happening. Like we naturally have like our kind of antennas and our guard up. Mm. So you're not in as a relaxed space as you possibly could be. Like in like, oh, I feel safe here. You we want to naturally feel safe and and supported. 
So if you could maneuver yourself and I'm, I'm just going to give some extra stuff around, like, you know, you're like, I can't, I'm so in such a tiny space, you know? So just <laughs> bear with me with this. Okay. If you can maneuver it where you actually turn, can turn around with the back, with a wall behind you in a nice chair and be able to see the door and have some space in front of you. Amazing. I would highly recommend that because it will open it up a little bit for you. Now you may be in a situation where your desk is like pushed up against a wall and you're like, well, I can't move it. It's stuck to the wall. Like I can't do it. Um, and in this instance, I'd be like, get yourself a small mirror, put it on your desk. So that you can't, when you're sitting at your desk, you can kind of, the side of your eye can be in, can see the door. Mm. And this is really nice because it's that like turning down that like antenna of like, I don't know what's coming at me. Who's coming in the door? You know, that you could go, huh, okay. Um, and then from there, what I would recommend, again, if you are sitting with your, one of the things actually um, with the bedroom and, you know, calling in love is if your bed, for single women, if they have a bed and it's, or men, or if they're pushed up against the, if bed is pushed up against the wall, there's no space for someone else to come into the bed. Um, and like it's kind of corner. a sign of like, not yeah, corner. You're pushing. Like you're yeah, you're pushing. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So like you're pushing love away, essentially. Um, and the same goes for your desk. <laughs> if you're pushing into kind of a wall, like there's that whole thing of like where you're going. Like there's no sense of expansion or spaciousness um, coming at you. So you know, back in that old job of mine, my little feng shui head was on. I had the office downstairs in the basement. We used to call it the dungeon. No wonder I was traumatized after working there. <laughs> but I remember one day being like, oh my God, I know this office setup is so terrible. What the hell am I going to do? And I went upstairs and our place was like literally on the ocean. We were talking about the ocean earlier, literally the most magnificent sea views. And I decided, I'm like, everybody, all the staff, all the clients, all the customers get this view and I don't. Right. So I took a photo. I took a photo of it and I got it printed up really big and put on the wall. So when yes. I went downstairs, I had this vision that was like really expansive, this view that was expansive. So um, that's a really big thing for me is that you can use your home to become like a vision board for what it is you want or to create the sense of expansion. You know, so beautiful pictures of nature. Um, you know, nature is a big part of feng shui. Um, we're working with balancing the um, energies of your home, which is really about bringing the natural harmony of, of nature. So if you're standing by the ocean or in amongst the trees in the forest and you feel so good, like that is really what we are doing um, with feng shui. We want to harmonize a home so it feels like that. So it's in the perfect energetic space of support and alignment. Um, so everything flows nice and easily. So relationships flow, conversations flow, money flows. It all, it's all that kind of ease and perfect timing and growth and expansion. So bringing artwork um, of nature is really powerful into your space um, and bringing in imagery that anchors in what is your vision. You know, is your home like a shrine to the past or um, a vision board for your future? You know, if there's something that you want to call in, maybe it's a beach house for yourself. You know, yeah. um, you know is it a picture of like... Board. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So maybe it's like a picture of a couple walking by a beach um, that you could have in your living room. And you're like, that's what it's going to be like when I have my house, my vision, uh, my house from my vision board. You know, these tiny anchor points around your house. So your house is reminding you and it's hearing what you want. 
I love it. And, and and here's what's really cool. As you were talking, I was like, check, I do that. Check, I do that. Check, I do that. <laughs> like, like I, my setup, other than the office chair, although I do, I do a kneeling chair, I stand mostly in my office because that is how I feel the most energized and powerful and also better for my back to stand and work. But I do, my, my desk faces my door. I have amazing windows above the tree line where I can look at nature and absorb that in. And I think that's what's um, having this setup here at home is what has helped me get through this time, not really realizing so much time has passed that I have been home Mm -hmm. because my space has been aligned with the energy that I need daily to show up in the life and the business that I lead. And I think these tips are so, so great for our listeners to take advantage of. So those of you listening, and if you're going to go home or you are home listening and you're looking at the fact that your back is to the door and you go find a mirror so that you can see (laughs) what is coming in and out of that door just to have that energy. Or you choose to rearrange things to be better aligned with the energy you want to have and what you want to attract in. Go ahead and snap a picture of your setup after listening to this episode so that we can see how you're opening up and allowing things to flow. You can tag me at Kareen Z. Walsh, as you know, or Lohan Patricia to make sure we both see it because we know the importance of our space. And I'll tell you, Patricia, I I was so fortunate to get this standing desk right before everything shut down where where I had to be permanently at home because normally I'm traveling (laughs) all the time Mm -hmm. for work and I don't really think about it. But I also found that when I go in and out of client sites and I'm working in other people's spaces, I actually mm-hmm. do position myself in a lot of what you just talked about, where I'm always thinking, where is the exit so that I can see it so I can be calm and focused in the moment. I try to mm-hmm. find something where I am looking out the window so I can be more expansive in my strategic thinking and be present as well with who's in the room with me. Um, so I think these are really great tips. I, I appreciate you sharing them with us. You're welcome. And it's so great that you're doing all of those things. And I think, you know, for people who are at home and they're like, oh, Kareem's space is so perfect. And I can't have that because I'm in the corner of my bedroom. You know, one of the things I would say to that is just, you know, for me, a big thing, especially with clients, because, you know, I have clients who have like studio apartments in New York who basically switch out their living room and living room. Like it goes from three spaces. It's like office, sitting room, bedroom all day, like has three total complete shifts. Um, and the big thing with that is about being clear with the boundaries. So if your bedroom happens to be your workspace right now, clear away all the work things that in the afternoon or the evening when you're finished up. Put it all away. Put something there that's going to be like a beautiful picture of yourself and your partner in your bedroom that, uh, on the table that you're using for your desk afterwards. So it just changes that energy. Um, or you're working at the kitchen table. Unpack pack it all away, all the work stuff, and put out some placemats and create a shift. So it looks and feels different. And that will also shift your energy. So you're not like connected to the work to work all the time. And that can be this like trap that you can get into when you start working at home. You're like, I'm sitting at the couch. I'm sitting here. Like dedicate a space that is your workspace and um, try and do bring things in. Like whether it's like, I'm going to sit here at the kitchen table and light this candle, put this book beside me and be like, I'm in work mode now. You know, or if I have this candle lit, kids, don't come near me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that you're like, like create those clear boundaries. And then um, when that's all packed away, you're like, okay, 
I'm ready to go now. You know, I'm ready to switch into like mom or dog walking or whatever it is. Yeah. I love that. Or your workout or or time with friends, hangout session, like whatever that looks like with that. You're... I read. I don't remember where I read this from, but it's like you're crossing the threshold. Like when you cross that threshold into the next version of yourself for the next opportunity that you're you're ever present, you're changing the environment um, and and noticing that this is now the time to shift. I think that's, that's yeah. an important reminder for sure, especially if you're in small spaces and you feel like you can't create. Uh, different rooms for it. You can leverage the room you're in for all of it. You just have to now do it from the inside out, right? Yeah, exactly. And like, I have had clients where I'm like, get an, a closed sign. <laughs> like literally yeah. get a closed sign and put it on your desk. Nice. So it's like that visual aesthetic of like, I'm off now, closed or the door on, or on the office, like you lock the, the office door, you're gone. That's it. I'm finished for day business day over now. I'm curious with with the the studies you've done and just your your talent in this arena. What is your what's your perspective on how people keep their phones organized? Have you ever explored that? And does that have an effect on on how we are showing up in the world or what we're attracting in? So, in terms of phones, one of the big one for me um, with phones, and this is so interesting as I gaze over because I have two phones, um, and there's a reason because I just wasn't able to switch off fully. So, um, I at the weekends for my work phone. So I bought like a weekend phone that I can use for like WhatsApp for my family and like just the minimal, no work apps or anything on it. Um, so that's like one of my own things. Mm. So it's like, how do you create your own boundaries? The other thing is the phone in the bedroom, I do not recommend. Now, there are like a hundred different reasons apart from just feng shui for it not being good. But for me, and I'm sure a lot of people, is like you, I could run my business from my phone, literally. Yeah. So I'm literally sleeping with my business if my phone is beside me. And you know, that's not fair on my husband, <laughs> you know? So really, it's important to realize that what is on our phone, like there's so much information and content on it that I would certainly recommend, like, if you can't, like, you know, you don't have to get a second phone, but it's like put your phone outside of the bedroom at nighttime. Like put it on charge somewhere else. Like mine is always on charge in the living room. It's not with me in my bedroom ever because I just know that it's too tempting. And I, you know, I, I teach this stuff, you know. Um, and the second thing with the, with this is um is also the, you know, the whole idea of like this. Wi-Fi and EMFs and everything coming from the phone in your bedroom is going to be distracting and disturbing your sleep. So for that, a lot of people are like, I use my clock, I use my alarm. I'm like, get an alarm clock, go back old school. You will sleep so much better. And that's again, another boundary with your phone and um, it work. Yeah. And how it's organized. I also sometimes think like a good cleanse of the apps that are on it and where oh, yeah, totally. the ones that distract us the most. Like I found that I had to move all my like e-commerce apps to like the third page or whatever on my phone so that I wasn't constantly distracting myself with shopping. Um, and I and and so I could stay focused on what I wanted to do, which was to use my phone to connect with others. You know, like there's there are different things yeah. like that I think we could do to organize what we see first when we actually open up our our smartphones 
can can mm-hmm. also create a, a really solid energy exchange that fuels us. Exactly. Um, I have some cute affirmations um, on my phone screensaver, but I know with the new Apple operating system, which I haven't got yet, but um, there's like a whole app for actually like customizing it. So imagine being able to customize it with a beautiful affirmation and a photo that you love and making it so, so connected with your vision. Um, and I also am very similar. I have very few apps on my phone, only the necessity. And, you know, it's the same with all, with all things, you know, it's like emails, um, your phone, um, any like paperwork, all of the stuff that you don't use, you know, again, around your house right now, if you're feeling a sense of like overwhelm and you're like, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed, things are like coming on, coming that too much. It's like, oh, my invitation would be to go to a space in your home, like a drawer, like that drawer that nobody really wants to ever, you never want anyone ever to see, <laughs> go there and like declutter it, like just clear yeah. out all the junk out of it and sort it out and go to that one place and just clear that and then go, oh, I think I can, that builds up a muscle. You know, the other <laughs> place that I always recommend because, you know, people are like decluttering, like, This isn't about like house normal um, life. You know, it's not about the clothes that are on the chair from yesterday or the dishes in the sink or the place being a bit untidy, the kids' toys around the place. That is not for me cluttered. That's called life. Um, For me, I consider clutter the cupboards that have not been touched in several months, um, the bookshelves that books haven't been taken out or used. Um, It's the places where the energy isn't moving and that's creating stagnancy. And if you think about stagnancy just in general, like you think of a little pond and there's no moving water, it goes all smelly, it goes disgusting and gross and, you know, green and gross. Like that is creating, that's like just a kind of a visual of like, oh, I don't want that kind of stagnancy in different parts of my home. So an invitation would be to just like, like open your eyes from a new perspective of like, have I looked in that cupboard? Have I used anything in there for the last six months? And if I haven't, and I've been home 23 hours a day, if I haven't, do I need all of this? Like, is it time to just let it go? And you'll be so surprised how much it can just like release and you can feel so much better and get more energy just by that simple thing of going through some of those cupboards and presses. Um, it will make a huge difference. I love that. I'll tell you a little... Um... Like, we'll call it a secret about our situation here at home <laughs> where my um, my husband and I have very different, different, different ways of managing our stuff. You know, and I'm, I'm someone mm-hmm. who follows through on a lot of what you were just saying, where I periodically go through, you know, my closets and make sure that the things I don't use, I'm, I'm removing, I'm clearing the air, making room for new to come in, you know, like that kind of energy where he's more of, let's call him a collector and doesn't see it, what okay. is all around. And so they're, they're in our shared space, literally, Patricia, we have separate spaces in our house because I cannot, like it does not work for my energy <laughs> around that, right? Like, so I have to separate us. We have our own office spaces. We have, um, he has the guest room he uses for his closet and I have my closet. He has, his, he uses the guest bathroom. I use the, ba- like literally separated because I could not function in his methods. And it's not to, mm-hmm. you know, put his methods down. It's what works for him. They just don't work for me. And we, we have the luxury of the space to be able to do that. But I'll tell you that from the beginning of our relationship, it was we we believe it wins in relationships not to share a bathroom, <laughs> but that's just a whole nother 
story. The the reason why I'm bringing this up is what advice would you have for those who want to now do this and go into spaces that maybe they haven't looked at or or dealt with or or changed the energy up in before, but they're living with other people? Like, how do you engage mm-hmm. the uh, joint effort or the permissioning maybe that's needed in order to zhuzh up a space or cleanse out a space and create it so that so that you're feeling that energy in your home, but you don't want to feel invasive on someone else's space. Yeah, this is a great one. And you know, I've so many clients who have like hit up against this similar um situation. Um, and for me, one of the big things is that you have to be the change you want to see in the world. So it is starts with yourself and just doing all of these things for you. Um, and I have seen this myself with so many of my own clients and my own husband that he would have been definitely so much more resistant to letting go of things. And we first tackled the attic of his house. It was just like crazy. But um, I had to really do it for myself first and embody that. And once I did it, it was like, oh, you know, you by you doing it around your house already, that is going to make a difference. So that's the first thing. Um, and the second thing I would say is just that sense of patience with the other person. Like, you know, it's really important to recognize that it's a shared that it's a shared space. So it's like you have to do, and I love how you have set it up. You're like, okay, I'm accepting. I'm just gonna, we're just gonna separate things out. Do it our own way. <laughs> um, but for 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 anyone else, I would say just start with yourself. You know, just go through those cupboards, do your own thing, and you will be amazed the ripple effect it will have with other people. And I've certainly seen this with so many of my clients who are like, oh my god, he is letting go of blah blah blah, whatever it is that was just like driving them crazy for all these years, and he's finally went, oh yeah, you're right. Um, and there's another part like with the with the decluttering. Um, for me, some people kind of go like, get, they may try and go to like the most difficult part of the decluttering first. So it's like, you know, old family photos. I'm like, don't even touch them until you have gone or clothes, you know, clothes, family photos, things that you really love. Like, don't go near that stuff. Go to the books, the legal paperwork, the the plastic cover container, the cutlery drawer, like do the stuff that you're not going to have a huge, like the, the linen cupboard, do the spaces that you're not going to have a huge emotive connection with first. Um, because honestly, I feel like clearing clutter, letting go is like building a muscle. <laughs> you yeah, have to just get really used to it and more comfortable with it. But if you start with somewhere that's like your clothes, and this can be a real stickler, I find for my own clients is, you know, especially if your weight changes and you have these different sizes for different times of your life, it's like, it's just, it, they literally, it just creates another roadblock and it's like, I can't do it. Yeah. So it stops all of the flow. So I will be really, really reticent in like, go hell for leather ridiculous. Just give yourself like an opportunity to go, okay, maybe I'll just try this one cupboard, not the whole bookshelf, but just that one drawer in the filing cabinet. That's where I would start. Just small steps. That's yeah, really and the then big by, thing. And by doing it yourself, it can create that ripple effect for others to totally. witness. And, and also just and knowing that you're only you're in control of your space. You know, like there's yeah. is the the energy of articulating, I think, what does make you feel good, especially when it comes to partnership in life or the others you're living with, right? where um, there has to be some common ground yeah. <laughs> on how you carry your space, which is which 
you know, is lovely. Exactly. Feel. Now, I know you have a, a guide, right? Like a book that you authored. Tell, let's tell listeners about that so mm-hmm. they, can, they can grab more information and, and uh, learn more about how they can have a happy home. Yeah. So um, I wrote a book about called The Happy Home. Um, and the reason that I wrote that was because people kept asking me, where do I start? And what should I do? And I, I just want a little introduction to feng shui. And this is a very simple, easy guide to get started. Now, one of the things is there's many different schools of feng shui. So there's a lot of information out there online. And the first thing I say to my clients who join my program, Powerhouse, I say like, just ignore everything you have ever heard or read about feng shui (laughs) unless you've read from my book um, when you join this program because there is just so many different variations and it's almost like these concepts were brought from the East to the West and really, you know, in some some schools is like comparing like a a five-star Michelin Michelin starred restaurant to, you know, a McDonald's. You know, there's no comparison. They're very different. And they've been, you know, so when we're coming from that point of view, like the Happy Home book is just um, a beautiful guide to get you started in terms of like, how do I set up my bedroom? What's going on with my office? What about my living room? You know, just those little subtle tweaks that you can do around your house. Um, the concepts are very um, simple, easy to implement with loads of those little hacks as well in terms of like, you know, you can't move your office, get yourself a little mirror there. So that's a really important part for me. Now with that book, it is very much the kind of just the the aesthetics. And I like to imagine like feng shui is a bit like an iceberg. There's like the tip of the iceberg with all small tips, like, you know, decluttering and, you know, setting up your office this way and kind of the physical setup. Um, But for me, my work is kind of the deeper level stuff. So, you know, you go to the acupuncturist, she's going to look at you. She may be able to give you some indications on looking at you, but she's not going to be able to tell what's actually going on unless she takes your pulse, looks at your tongue, looks at your eyes, like interviews you, checks what's going on, and then will give you a specific prescription. And that's what I do in my programs because every house is totally unique. And the school of feng shui that I practice is Flying Stars. So it's like your house has its own personality, its own energy. And uh, it it has its own personality, its own energy, the same as you do as a person. Um, and we work with those specific energies in my programs, but the book gives you a very good kind of outline of you know, general things that you can do that you will just optimize your space a bit more. And that's the powerhouse feng shui, right? Your programs? Mm-hmm. Powerhouse is our program. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, this has been awesome. I, I love the way you approach it and help others really create that clearing and the, the energy flow that's needed to have the life, the business, the romance, the relationships that they desire. So I wanna I wanna thank you for being a guest on my show today and just sharing a small piece of yourself because I know how gifted you are. Um so thank you for being oh, on. Thank you. <laughs> and thank also you so much. Yeah, of course. It's great to have you. And you know, as we close out today's episode, I always like to ask my guests as a as a give back to you if there's anything going on, any obstacles you're trying to overcome or challenges in your life or business that you would love some support on from me. Go ahead and ask that question and let's see where it takes us. 
So um, I just said that you got me on a very interesting day. Um, we've been in, in um, Greece for the past um, six weeks. And last week, we, there was a hurricane here. And um, we were out of power for five days. Um, I'm just back into work again, getting um, kind of my mojo back a little bit. Um, but I'm just wondering around, like I, I have noticed, like I'm really good with energy and balance and everything, but I would love your insights into um, just the, like, I feel like a part, a part of me is like the rug was pulled from under me. Um, I've really, um, I've been really um, upset by um, some people losing their businesses around us. Like literally a storm has come and the woman that I used to buy my bread from and used to make homemade jam has literally, her business has been completely annihilated. The entire bakery destroyed, covered in mud and destroyed. And um, every time I think about it, I get really emotional and it makes me sad. And that's that's where I'm at today. That's what I'm kind of yeah. moving through right now. Well, I mean, I think you're sitting in a space that is very uh, relevant right now all over the world. Um, and I, I'm sorry to hear mm -hmm. that such an, a, an immediate impact has happened in the community you're living in right now. And um, what came to mind as you were talking is is really about grief management. You know, like that when when a lot of us who are high functioning... Mm -hmm. In especially if we're we feel aligned in our spiritual connection and and how we flow through our day and we have all these amazing practices of like keeping our spirits up and making sure we're of service to other people, we forget uh, what it means to actually go through grieving and feeling it and and and, and allowing yourself to heal through that asking yourself, well, what are the things that actually lift you up or make you feel nurtured and whole and more safe you know, in your environment to allow yourself to step up into your power to assist those that may ha have be suffering more around you? Um, does any of that resonate? It totally does. And um, I think that, to be honest, I, I really am usually on the leaning on the most of optimistic and positive person. Um, but what I really feel is just that grief. You know, we drove down to the, um, to the main city a couple of days ago. Um, and on the way, you know, there was just so much destruction and I could just feel it. I'm quite an empathic person um, mm. and, you know, energetically, and I could just feel like so much destruction. And it is that part of like definitely grieving it. And I, I have already have shed tears and, um, and I've been, re I also feel like a little part of me has just like, I, you know, I don't believe in any accidents, but I do believe that this has kind of turned some little part of me on to, you know, how, how, obviously how can I serve more um, right now with what's going on with the people. But just that fact that there is a possibility for someone to wake up one morning and their business to be gone. And that really has kind of struck a chord with me as an entrepreneur. And yeah. um, I am... Um, um, I have booked in, booked in some sessions with people to work through this because I know there's things to come up. But I think also it has kind of given me a little nudge in like, well, how could we help people? Or are there funds for people who are, you know, just lose everything in the blink of an eye, you know? Is there, are you also sitting in a, in a, any sort of uh, fear or energy around you losing it all at a, in a blink of an eye? I hadn't really thought of that. 
And I did do some journaling earlier on today and there was fear about some other things around something else that's going on with the business. I'm like stepping into a new phase in the business and I'm like, oh, but I'm kind of stepping up to the next level. So maybe that's some part of it as well. Because one of the things I know... And it's triggering that inside of me. Yeah, it could be. It could be. And it also... it. it I, I'm, I just ask and I really appreciate you being open to share. Um, I... I I and I hope dialoguing on it is helpful. The the thought that came to me, um, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize is an undertone of um something they have yet to face is what does happen if I am my business and if anything happened to my ability to function within my business, what does happen to my clients and how I care for them. And so, you know, there is great ways to bring that into, especially if you're up-leveling right now, to think about what does succession planning look like or what do you need in place Mm -hmm. for others to continue serving your clients if you had to step away from your business or something happened that could also create a, a layer of nurturing and safety for you and your clientele so that you can be at your best and not worry about it. I do think when we see things happening in the retail mm-hmm. space, especially getting impacted so hard, whether it's a natural disaster, which you just went through in Greece, or even what we're dealing with with the global pandemic and all these restaurants and service-based uh, companies that are on, in the retail space are shutting down all over the world because people are not walking through their doors anymore. There is a lot of grief in the air for that loss. And that mm-hmm. planning of like, well, what happens when it does get impacted this way? I think that is that sense of community. Like, how do you actually get your community to be a part of what you're doing to support each other when something like that happens to one of you? You know, and, and, I, and I think there's a renaissance <laughs> that's going to happen from this time yes. where we all need to come together and support each other through devastation because unfortunately the trying times are not over they can show up at any time and i think it's a matter of figuring out how we can align ourselves with the appropriate support structure so that we can be our best and push hard and sit in our businesses and and love on our clients and do our best but also feel like if something were to happen we were all, we would also be supported yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And um, a big part of that, like that really resonates a lot about coming together in community and how would we support each other. That's really kind of hit home for me. I'm like, oh, my mind is kind of on overdrive. Um, yeah. And the other thing that really came up for me as well around this was, you know, the fact, first of all, I wasn't able to be in my business for more than five days. And I'm so grateful that we had um, a new operations person like come on board in the last month who literally was like, it's okay. Everything's working fine. You know, we're fine. And I was like, oh my God, for you. And everyone was being looked after, um, which was a total relief. But then the other side of it well, yeah, which is huge, which I kind of was able to reflect back and go like, wow, like thankfully that is in place. And, but the other thing I was just thinking about that woman and about like having, you know, the importance of like business buffers and being set up that if something does happen, that you are thinking out, thinking for the future. 
and having that support or financial buffer that it's not like all is not lost. <laughs> yeah, um, completely. Or is there another way that she can build her model through another person's space that hasn't been destroyed? You know, like where where is the um the community side, but also potential partnerships that come out of that, right? Because she sits on this amazing skill set and amazing ability to serve the community in her way while her place is being rebuilt. Can she do it from somewhere else? I think a lot of the times when we go through devastation or feeling like what we had is destroyed and we sit in overwhelm, right? We sit in this overwhelm of how can we make the next best decision for ourselves. Like it's just so heavy because it was something at one point and now you have to recreate it all. And are you, you know, do you even want to recreate it? Like all those questions start coming up. And because you're an empath and you have that energy of feeling other people's feelings, we have to, um, I am one as well, obviously, like I'm sure Mm -hmm. you can tell from this discussion, but it's like, there's this, this, how can yeah. we come to a solution together so we're not just sitting in the feeling for too long and we're actually figuring out what's the next best, best mm-hmm. action. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that energy yeah. Yeah, is going to help rebuild uh, or recreate. Like It could create something completely new now that that Recreate. Is a whole new canvas for her, right? And that business. What else could it be? Mm-hmm. How else can she serve? What does she even want to anymore? You know, you know about divine intervention happens too sometimes, right? Where it's like maybe there's been this other direction she's been wanting to go that now she has the ability to take. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, there's so many different possibilities, but I think the consciousness you have of what's happening around you is beautiful. How you can serve that community is beautiful. I would say maybe sitting in yourself to say, what would fill you up the most to be able to serve this community? And how can maybe you start to facilitate that without too much strain, obviously, on yourself too. Not to carry Mm -hmm. it, but to help facilitate it. Yeah. I think that's the big thing is the facilitation as opposed to carrying. Yeah. Empaths, we can carry the energy of others so mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. We don't even realize we're doing it. And it makes sense that you're in the space of shifting energy around you with your practice and, and your business because you know so clearly what it means to feel stale. What we have to be careful of when there's devastation around us is... If it's going, it's almost like leaning into your practice of detachment, same way how you were when you're going through cleaning mm-hmm. out your space and, and you see something that triggers an emotion. Like, are you, is that still happening today? Or can you detach from it as a memory? Oh, that was a cool memory or that was a heavy memory, but I might want to let that one go. Right. It's the same when we are dealing in a grieving space. If we lean into practices of of what true uh, lesson learned from this grief that we want to take with us, but how do we detach ourselves from other people's emotional being? Because that's not for us to carry. We can only facilitate them into what's next. Mm-hmm. Yes, that detachment is important. And I feel like just the... Yeah. Uh, um, 
I, I feel like that's part of it. And actually, that's why I've, I've booked um, a breathwork session to kind of release that because I feel like it's just been hanging around. Yeah, I love it. I, I think I've been hanging great. on to us. Yeah, no, and it's good that you're figuring out how to cleanse it. I love doing the dragon breath, like where you stick your tongue out and you're really releasing. Oh, the yes, the Kundalini one. Uh, yeah, whenever I'm feeling <laughs> yes. that weight, that I sit in that and I do those breaths all the time at the end of my or throughout my meditation. If I'm feeling like I'm holding on to something that is not mine, I that breath completely mm-hmm. shifts my whole energy. And so I love that you're going to do some breath work to clear it up. And I, and I hope this discussion or this way of dialoguing so, with you helped you a little bit today. Yeah. But I'm glad you're getting also your support team around you. That is what's most important. It definitely did. It definitely did. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on today's yeah. episode and sharing uh, what you're going through right now. And also, I wish the best to everyone in your thank community. You. And I hope that they heal super fast as listeners are listening if you want to connect with us you know you can on any of the socials yeah we're both on Um, but thank you patricia for being with me today wasn't that such a great episode i know you got amazing takeaways from that What I would love for you to do for me, if you can help me extend my reach, is go ahead and subscribe to the show so you get the latest notification and listen before anyone else. Also, if you could go ahead and post your review, your five-star review will help me get other people interested in this conversation and extend my reach of impact. Most of all, I would love for you to share this with your community. It means so much to me to have you as a listener and I would love to connect with you. So if you have any questions you would like me to answer on this show, go ahead and email hello at kareenwalsh.com and my team will make sure that I get your questions so we can get them answered on the show for you. Thank you so much for listening today and I'll see you on the next episode. 